0: Friends, if you have your Bible, I encourage you to open them to First Timothy chapter four. If you don't have a Bible with you, you should be able to find a Bible underneath a seat near you. First Timothy chapter four. Paul writes to young Timothy in the ministry, these words in First Timothy chapter four, verses eleven through sixteen. And he writes, Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and speaks to us with the same authority as of Jesus Christ himself, who are here speaking to us this evening. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, the exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and Father, we thank you for these men who have given themselves to study your word for Stephen for Isaac, for Mike, for Tim, for Eugene. Lord, we thank you for those who have gone before them. Many of them are here this evening. Father, we pray for those who are yet to come. We ask, Lord, that you would allow us to continue to take seriously the privilege that we have to disciple people for Christian ministry. Lord, we ask that you would continue to use them for the good of our church. But Father, we ask that you might deploy them for the sake of your church here in our country and around the world, so that people who have not yet heard would hear that Jesus Christ is the friend of sinners, that Jesus Christ saves all who come to him by repentance and faith. Lord, we ask for this time this evening that you would allow us to encourage these men, those going out and those coming in, and we ask all of this in the name of our God who has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. evening you have the opportunity to hear a sermon that's primarily directed at the front row. So I'm going to be looking down at them quite a bit, and from time to time I'll glance at you. This section of Paul's letter to young Timothy begins with a dramatic contrast between verse 11 and verse 12, which sums up the problem that Timothy faced as a young leader in the local church. Verse 11, command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth. On the one hand, He's been put in a position of incredible responsibility as the Apostle Paul's representative to the local church there in Ephesus. And Paul tells him, command and teach these things. These things is an expression that occurs over and over again throughout Paul's letter to Timothy here in 1 Timothy, seven times to be exact, and it sums up all of the instructions and the orders that the apostle Paul gives to Timothy, which he was to keep passing on to the believers at the local churches in Ephesus. But on the other hand, Timothy was still relatively young. A young man, probably in his 30s, so that Paul had to add, verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth. When we put verse 11 and verse 12 together, we see that Timothy has been called to Christian leadership beyond his years, and his responsibility to command and teach these things was in danger of being undermined by his own youthfulness. So as we think of this evening, how should you men, Stephen, Mike, Isaac, Tim, Eugene, live your lives as young Christian men in your own right so that you are not despised for your youthfulness and not rejected in your ministry. The world tells us many things, but what we'll see as you read and reread the pastoral epistles, which is one of the first bits of advice that I'll give you this evening, commit yourself to reading and rereading the pastoral epistles, read them monthly, read them out loud. Listen to them as you work and as you run and as you exercise or as you go about your day and take those truths in and ask the Lord to write them on your hearts. How should you men, young men in your own right, live your lives so that you are not despised for your youthfulness? Well, not by boasting, not by being assertive, not by being domineering or aggressive, not throwing your weight around or leveraging it in the context of the local church, but, verse 12, a strong adversative particle in its own right by completely different means altogether, the apostle tells us. He gives us five things in these verses five things that will commend your ministry and help you gain an acceptance as you go about it. First, Timothy must watch his example. Verse 12 Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. John Stott, famous pastor, said, The great temptation whenever our leadership is questioned, threatened, or resisted, is to assert all the more strongly and become autocratic, even tyrannical. But leadership and lordship are two quite different concepts. Paul tells Timothy to lead by example, not by force. To invite a following, not compel one. Brothers, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Set the believers in this room and in this church and in any church you're ever a member of and serve for the Lord Jesus Christ, an example of faith in speech, in conduct, the way that you live your life, in love, the way that you love the Lord and the way that you love one another, the way that you love the people and the congregations that you will be a member of, in faith. And be reminded that the Lord will never put you in a position in your Christian ministry where faith is no longer required. For the rest of your life, you will be living a life of faith as a believer and as ministers of the gospel. You will be living life of faith as you obey the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in his ways. Because the great hindrance in our pulpits is directly connected to the lack of piety among Christian ministers. Paul is helping us see, as he writes to young Timothy, that it is much easier to scold than it is to encourage believers as the eternal day of God is drawing near. One of the great hindrances in your own preaching ministry will be that early on, you will be quick to scold. You'll be quick to chastise. You'll be quick to correct. Brothers, you are coming to the church to encourage people, to help those who are weary, to help those who are wounded, to remind them of the hope that they have in Christ, to build them up, not tear them down. Yes, there will be time where you have to correct. Yes, there will be moments when you have to reprove and rebuke and exhort, but you are coming to encourage the saints. So as you go, set this example so that you might build them up as pious men, as holy men. It will never be a waste of time or a bad example For someone to find you in your study, reading your Bible, and praying for the members of the church, set them an example of what it means to be committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is helping us see, brothers, that our own personal holiness and integrity of Christian men is far more valuable than any individual gifting that you have. After a year with you, two with you because you needed it, and a year with you, you each have so many different giftings. There are so many things that are wonderful about each of you in your own right, and yet one of the beautiful things that we see in each intern class is that you're all so different. You're gifted in unique ways, and you struggle in unique ways. And as the Lord brings you together, you each make a unique intern class. But what we see that is consistent throughout is that all of you are called to be men of God holy upright, men of character, men of integrity, men who set the believer's example. Live as men who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth and living God-honoring and God-fearing lives. Set an example for the young and for the old by your devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, by your commitment to the local church. By your diligence to prepare regardless of what task you are entrusted with in the context of the church. Showing them that everything that you do for the Lord, whether in word or deed or speech, whether from the stage or behind the scenes, is of of great and eternal significance. And it is a gift that has been entrusted to you. Second, Timothy must identify his authority. Verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. In the Institutes of Christian Religion, John Calvin says that the church is built up solely through the preaching of the Word of God. Calvin, in so many ways, is echoing what Paul tells Timothy here. Though people may despise him for his youth... And for his youthfulness as a young man in the ministry, his authority is not now and never will be derived from his age. His authority is derived from Holy Scripture insofar as he devotes himself to accurately reading that word and exhorting people from that word and teaching the content of that word to his hearers. From the earliest days of the church, we see that Christian preaching, that Christian ministry was to be an expository ministry. That is, Christian instruction is to come to the people as it is drawn from the passage after it has been read out loud to them, which is why the public reading of God's Word comes first. Brothers, you will be wise beyond your years, even while you are young. By demonstrating your submission to the authority of Scripture, by reading it and sitting under the preaching of it and faithfully preparing to expound it when it is your opportunity, so that your teaching is seen not to be your teaching, but to be the very Word of God, turning away from yourself and turning people to Christ. Third, Timothy must exercise his gift. Verse 14... Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Regardless of what people think about the gift given to Timothy by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on him and how that relates to the ordination of elders and pastors today, this much is clear. Paul's purpose in recalling that moment in Timothy's life is to urge him to not neglect his gift, but rather, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, to fan it into flame. From this we learn, and may you hear, that your gifts are not static endowments that are entrusted to you if you do not cultivate them. We learn that gifts, even the academic gifts that you exercised and you are beginning to exercise, are not a permanent endowment from God. You must cultivate them. You must exercise them. You must be helped by others as you grow into them. So brothers, hear me. At the end of the internship and at the beginning of the internship, you don't graduate and finish. You're not starting now so that one day you never have to read again. Keep reading and keep studying and keep learning and keep writing and keep dialoguing with other people, with one another, the friendships that the Lord gives you in ministry and with other believers in the context of the church keep serving the church the local church using these gifts for their good brothers well, a call to pastoral ministry at any level whether it's on staff at a church or as a lay elder at a church or in some other capacity that the lord might deploy you is to cultivate spiritual gifts for the good of the local church and that requires both a love for the local church and a love for books one of the things that you learn in this internship If you don't love books, you're going to hate the internship. But if you don't love books, specifically the Bible, you'll never be prepared for Christian ministry. Give yourself to the Bible. Read the Bible. Immerse yourself in it. Day in and day out. As you walk, as you teach and go across seas, as you minister to people in the gym, as you do prepare to do it now in the office, immerse yourself in books Do not neglect the gift that you have been given. May this be merely the beginning of a life devoted to God and devoted to books for his glory. Fourth, Timothy must show his progress. Verse 15, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Paul goes from Timothy's need for perseverance in concentration to exercising these gifts in the context of the local church, one's translation says this, make these matters your business, make them your absorbing interest, and the purpose of this commitment is so that everyone may see your progress. As you're immersing yourself in them, they see a life changed by immersing yourself in Christian Scripture in the teaching of God's word, and the doctrine that is building people up as the eternal day of God is drawing near. People should be able to see who you are and who you are becoming. They should be able to see the men that you are now and the men that you are at the end and the men that you will be five years from now and 10 years from now. And should the Lord tarry and give life 15 and 20 and 30 and 40 years from now, Brothers, you are reminded in this internship time again. You are digging a well now that you will draw from for the rest of your lives. This is the season to give yourself to it. You do not need to be perfect. You need to remember that you are not the Christ. You need to be reminded, though, that you must be faithful. Keep learning. Keep growing. Ever growing in the Lord. And hear the words of the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Press on. Press on. Fifth, Timothy must mind his consistency. Verse 16. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Timothy is to keep a close watch on two things equally, his life, literally himself, and his doctrine. He is not to be so engrossed in teaching others that he neglects himself, nor is he to be so concerned with the cultivation of his own personal holiness that he neglects ministry to other people. Brothers, I can say with full confidence, a decade from now, your ministry will have been fruitful only to the extent that you have both taught the Scripture accurately and have applied the Scripture consistently to your own life, to the family that the Lord entrusts to you, to the elders that the Lord might place you among, to other people in the context of the local church. It is not simply biblical truth alone that builds effective churches. There are so many churches that have so many accurate propositional facts. It is the application of that truth to our lives that help us live as changed people. So let's expand on what we said about Christian ministry earlier. Christian ministry requires a love for the local church, a love for books, and A love for people. If you do not love people, get out now. Brothers, be warned. It is possible to be so busy with the Lord's work that you leave no time for the Lord himself. And every week, as Sunday comes relentlessly, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you will be tempted to think that my performance this week is what matters more than my piety. And every week, you will have to resist and say, it matters more that I get a C on the sermon and an A in following Christ than it does getting a C in following Christ and an A in your performance, which when you think you get an A... You probably failed anyways. And somehow in the mystery of God's providence, when you feel worst about what you have done in the pulpit, those are the times that you've communicated most effectively to the people of Christ. Brothers, remember what we have learned, especially you three as we read Paul Tripp's book together, that we must minister to the people that God so loves People are not a hindrance on your way to the real ministry that you want to do in your life. People are the ministry that God is entrusting to you in your life. In his book, The Preacher's Catechism, Lewis Allen writes, you are called when you have a deep love for those who need God's word. True preachers love people. They pray for them. They listen to them. They serve them, both in and outside of the pulpit. They love to be with them. They want to smell like sheep. Part of loving people also means a commitment to being a part of their lives. And it also means a commitment to being apart from them, putting disciplined and often lonely hours into preparing sermons that will show them Christ and help them grow in a deepening love for him. True preachers are gentle, as the Apostle Paul models and commands. And those called men of prayer, who by their prayers labor in private to serve those whom they preach, that is a solid act of love. The Christian ministry is often a lonely place, because as you're called to be among people, you're also called to go to the study. And often in the study, there is no one but you and God's Word, And that can be a difficult place. But as I reminded some people preparing to teach this week, a few days of agonized, frustrated lack of knowing is good for your soul as you try to preach and teach God's Word. Finally, brothers, let me remind you of the very heart of your calling by reading a quote from Harold Sinkbell's The Care of Souls. What you might consider mundane routine is the very heart of your calling to preach. It is to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, to administer his life-giving sacraments. Preaching, baptizing, communing may be ordinary and God-ordained, but they are never dull. Through these sacred acts, God gives his Holy Spirit, who works faith when and where it pleases him in those who hear his gospel preached. Week after week, day after day, in these seemingly Ordinary tasks of a pastor, we find the extraordinary, rich blessing of God in their impact. Sinners are forgiven. Saints are restored. Lives are enriched by ordinary acts of faithfulness. And when those ordinary acts of faithfulness become overwhelming, remember, steady, my friend. The burden may seem overwhelming and the labor unbearably hard, and long, but in the Lord, your labor is never in vain. You have His word and His promise, and He will see you through. It is a long obedience that is required of you. One of the things you've heard, and you will hear, and I will continue to tell ministers, is that I began thinking if I start well, I'll finish well. And what we have learned together is that it is very easy to start well. It is very hard to finish. We must rely on the Spirit. We must immerse ourselves in the teaching of Scripture. We must commit ourselves to the local church. And brothers, just look to your left and your right right now. You must commit yourselves to one another. The Lord is building you up together so that 5 and 10 and 15 and 20 years from now, when whatever difficulty it is that you're facing in your ministry you can call one another and labor together side by side for the faith of the gospel, for the good of the church, for the exaltation of Jesus Christ, as you continue to press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these men, and we pray in the name of Christ that you would bless them And keep them and cause your face to shine upon them in Christ. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would protect them from their own sin. God, we pray and ask in the name of Jesus that you would help them to throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Father, we pray and ask in the name of Jesus that you would continue to encourage them and build them up and help them to devote themselves to the scripture. Father, we ask that you would allow them to be useful for the good of the church, for this church while they're here, and for any church that you ever deploy them to. Father, we thank you for their labor among us. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have as a local body to be able to disciple them for Christian ministry. We pray, Father. That we would take this year seriously. And Lord, we ask that we would rejoice in it, that we'd be grateful. There are so many good things that you have done and are doing through the people that you have brought here to study the Scripture. Whether that's the privilege that we have to see men like Dan serving now on staff, or men like Mark continuing to serve our church at lay levels, or women like Krista who have come through and studied the Scripture and are now serving us and is giving her attention to her family and her home. Lord, we thank you that you have given us people who have committed themselves to the scripture, the privilege that we have to send some away like Adam to study at school and to consider sending Stephen and Alexandra away for the good of the nations. Whatever other opportunities you might entrust to us, we are reminded that it is very easy to undervalue the long-term impact of being faithful to disciple just a few at a time for a long obedience. So Lord, we pray that you would help us to have eyes to see the good that you are doing in our midst. And we pray for these men in particular, that you would build them up, that you would encourage them, that you would help them to be disciplined, that you would help them to recall what they have read and studied, that you would allow what they see here in this church to be useful for them and for this church and for others. And we ask, Father, that you would bless them so that Jesus Christ might be proclaimed. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. May they take them to people who have not yet heard so that they would believe. So that on the last day, when we stand before you in all of your radiant glory, we will be able to see how this church's ministry was extended through those that you allowed us to train. And we ask all of this in the name of our God who has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Spirit, amen.